name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And we are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to another Haunted Happy Hour. In this Haunted Happy Hour, we are going to Ode to Summer. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about sea monsters. Sea monsters. Monsters. Sharknado. We have something very exciting at the end of the month. We do. Very exciting, summery, beachy, sea monstery month. You know, it is. And <laughs> uh, I think this is going to be a little bit of a shorter happy hour because it's really hard to research sea monsters. Yeah. You guys don't even know. So I'm just going to take shots. <laughs> One moment. Perfect. I don't do this. Also, I have a you little Michael Myers shot glass. It's really cute. Of course um, you do. And I'm drinking, if anybody cares, it's called Pink Whitney. It is a pink lemonade-flavored vodka. Ooh. Yeah. It's made by Barstool Sports and some hockey player, I think. I don't know. Or just and some hockey player. I like pink lemonade. And what's super cool is I forgot to take my medicine this morning, so I just took it like two seconds ago. So I'm going to wash it down with vodka, which is not recommended. So. Perfect. Great so me. Amanda's going to get fucked up. Mm. And hopefully, either, I think, because the medicine is an antidepressant, so I hope I get really happy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's just going to be excited. This is amazing. Sea monsters are great. Now, if I crash, you have a <laughs> crying phone call later, so. All right, I'll be ready. All right, now I don't take shots, so I'm going to be a big titty baby, so give me just one. Go, 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 go. <laughs> Did you do it? Okay. <laughs> Good job. You know, I didn't finish it. God damn it. Hold on. You didn't? There's like a little tiny bit left. Hold on. Amanda. It's actually not that bad. You know, I would, I would absolutely rebuy this. It's like, yeah, it's not too bad. I think you could shoot this, honestly. Okay, hold on. One sec. <laughs> Says the girl who has to get all amped up and then coughs to death after. So the two things I can shoot, I found out, are this and lemon Bacardi, if they're frozen, like straight so out of the freezer. Only vodka for you. Got it. No, that's rum. Lemon Bacardi is rum. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so yeah. sorry. It just all my sinuses just dislodged. <laughs> <laughs> it it just has to be like a good flavored frozen something. It, now. I don't shoot tequila, but I do enjoy, like, te good tequila. But anyways, so that's already making me feel all warm. So <laughs> sea monsters. Now, I do, I did add a little something, something to the top of my little research thing here. I just okay. wanted to mention that I do know quite a few people in my real life that have this. And I wanted to start by prefacing this because I think sea monsters kind of ties into this because we don't know what is down there. Thalassophobia is an intense and persistent fear of the sea. Ah, oh, me. Mm -mm. Well, yep. Thalassophobia can include fear of being in deep bodies of water, fear of the vast emptiness of the sea, of sea waves, sea creatures, and fear of distance from the land. Nope. Like whales, I have seen pictures of like a little boat with a huge whale underneath it, just the shadow of it, and you have no idea. That's fucking terrifying. No. See, I talk a big game. I love the ocean. I feel so we've talked about this before, how we think that I was like a sea creature in some previous life, like a or mm -hmm. something. I just absolutely like when we went to Mexico, when Brad and I went to Mexico last fall, I just would sit in the ocean and just let my body just kind of float in the waves and just like carry me wherever and i just love it i just soak every second up i just absolutely i don't feel any fear at all now that being said if i found myself out in open water i'd be scared shitless like without a boat or something yes but if yeah. you took me out into a boat and you were like jump in the ocean i would you know without a second thought I think a lot of that is too. I was raised with a swimming pool from the time I was born, and I had one my entire life, and we went out to the lake all the time. And yeah, I, whereas I don't know how to swim, so yeah, I get your parallel. Yeah, so 
I've just been in the ocean and like we went to the ocean, like the beach a lot and the lake a lot and I have a swimming pool and I've, mm-hmm. I've just been swimming my entire life. So that's probably has a lot to do with it too. I just feel very comfortable in the water. But I could see, I definitely completely understand the fear of water in general because people fucking drown, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, there are things we don't know what live in the ocean, you know? Right. We still and don't. even sharks, even if they're not portrayed, they're not, like, real in movies, they're portrayed very differently. It's not like a shark hasn't ever eaten anybody. It has happened. Right. They do kill people. Yeah. Correct. Terrifying. <laughs> yes. So... I actually have a few real things on here as well as a few things that are debated and a few mythical things. So we're kind of going all over the spectrum on the whole sea monster thing. I don't know about you, but... Basically all I have is mythology, so I'm excited for some real stories. So the first thing I have on here is from Greek mythology, and it is called the Hydra. And a Hydra has many heads with a serpent's body and comes from the sea. It can either have wings or be wingless. Their primary head can be destroyed by a weapon, and if other heads are severed, then two grow back in its place. A hydra's breath has a stench that is capable of killing an animal or human. It will emerge itself from a swamp or sea, and attack local villages and herds of cattle, devouring them with all of its heads. The reason this might sound familiar is because in Greek mythology, Hercules took his nephew and charioteer, on charioteer. I guess nowadays it's a driver. <laughs> Probably just a driver. Yeah. On a speedy chariot to Lake Lerna to find terrifying Hydra. Upon reaching Hydra's hiding place, he shot flaming arrows to provoke Hydra to come out of hiding. Hercules began slaying heads as they would grow back to double time, so he yelled to his nephew to bring him a flaming torch. As Hercules would sever a head, his nephew would cauterize the wound to prevent new heads from growing. The final <laughs> head could not be harmed with a weapon, so he hit it with the dragon. So he hit with the dragon with. Oh, so sorry. So he hit it with the dragon with a club and ripped the head off with his bare hands, burying it immediately into the ground, and placed a massive boulder on top. After Hydra was dead, Hercules dipped his arrows in the deadly blood to use as, as weapons of mass destruction at a later time. So like Rambo. Yeah. This is actually, the Hydra is seen in animated Hercules as well. So the thing that he fights and the heads keep growing back, that's Hydra. It's actually a sea monster, like a swamp monster. Interesting. Yeah. So when I found that, I was just kind of like Googling sea monsters. Hydra popped up and there was an animated version of it. And I was like, that looks like the motherfucking thing. And it was. That is the (laughs) Hercules. And that's why I put it on here. Because I was like, everybody knows what Hydra is. Yeah, that's where I had known it from. Hercules yeah. as a kid, the cartoon. Yeah, sea monster. Kind of. Like a swamp monster. Swamp monster. monster. I mean, I feel like that's the same thing, right? You know, just like Ness. I have Nessie, exactly. Lake Champlain. Exactly. Makes sense. Speaking of Nessie, <laughs> my next one is the Loch Ness Monster. Woo! Yeah. My girl. The Loch Ness Monster, or Nessie as a cryptid in cryptozoology and Scottish folklore that is said to inhabit Loch Ness in Scottish Highlands. It is often described as large, long-necked, and with one or more humps protruding from the water. Popular interest and belief in the creature have varied since it was brought to worldwide attention in 1933. The first modern discussion of a sighting of a strange creature in which the loch may have been in the 1870s when Dean McKenzie claimed to have seen something wriggling and turning up the water. This account, however, was not published until 1934. Research indicates that several newspapers did publish items about a creature in the loch well before 1934, however. The best-known article first attracted a great deal of attention about a creature was published on May 2, 1933 in Inverness Courier about a large beast or whale-like fish. The article by Alex Campbell water bailiff for Loch Ness and a part-time journalist, discussed a sighting by Aldi McKay of an enormous creature with the body of a whale rolling in the water in the loch while she and her husband John were driving on the A82 on 15th April 1933. The word monster was reportedly applied for the first time in Campbell's article, although some reports claim that it was coined by editor Evan Barron. That same courier in 2017 published experts from the 
Campbell article which has been titled Strange Spectacle in Loch Ness. The creature disported itself, rolling and plunging for fully a minute, its body resembling that of a whale, and the water cascading and churning like a simmering cauldron. Soon, however, it disappeared in a boiling mass of foam. Both onlookers confessed that there was something uncanny about the whole thing, for they realized that there was no ordinary denizen of the depths, because, apart from its enormous size, the beast, in taking the final plunge, sent out waves that were big enough to have been caused by a passing steamer. According to a 2017 article, McKay said that she had yelled stop at the beast when viewing the spectacle. In the late 1980s, a naturalist interviewed Aldi McKay, and she admitted to knowing that there had been an oral tradition of a beast in the loch well before her claimed sighting. Alex Campbell's 1933 article also stated that Loch Ness has for generations been credited with being some of the home of fearsome-looking monsters. On August 4, 1933, the Courier published a report of another alleged sighting. This one was claimed by Londoner George Spicer, the head of a firm of tailors. Several weeks earlier, while they were driving around the loch, he and his wife saw the nearest approach to a dragon or prehistoric animal that I have never seen in my life, he said, trundling across the road toward the loch with an animal in its mouth. He described it as having a long neck, which moved up and down in a manner of scenic railway. He said the body was fairly big with a high back, but if there were any feet, they must have been the webbed kind, for as a tail I cannot say, as it moved so rapidly, and when we got to the spot it had probably disappeared into the loch. Letters began appearing in the courier, often anonymously claiming land or water sightings by the writer, their family, or acquaintances, or remembered stories. The accounts reached the media, which described a monster fish, sea serpent, or dragon, and eventually settled on Loch Ness Monster. One moment. Nessie. Nessie. Nessie is real, and I will fight you if you disagree. Over the years, various hoaxes were also perpetrated, usually proven by photographs, which were later debunked. The sightings go back all the way to Dean McKenzie in 1871. He reportedly saw an object resembling a log or a boat, wriggling and churning, like I had said. He said it moved slowly at first, disappearing at a faster speed. And then we have the Alexander MacDonald and George Spicer. And then Hugh Gray in 1933 actually took a photograph taken near Foyers on, 12, on November 12, 1933. This was the first photograph alleged to depict the monster. It was slightly blurred, and it has been noted that if one looks closely, the head of a dog can be seen. Oh. I know. Gray had taken his Labrador for a walk that day, and it is suspected that the photograph depicts the dog fetching a stick. But others have suggested that it could be an otter or swan, but the original negative was lost. In 1934, Arthur, a motorcyclist named Arthur Grant claimed to have nearly hit the creature while approaching, I cannot say this word, and I am so sorry, but it was near the northeastern end of the loch at about 1 a.m. on a moonlit night. According to Grant, it had a small head attached to a long neck. The creature saw him and crossed the road back to the loch. Grant, a veterinary student, described it as a cross between a seal and a plesiosaur, like a dinosaur. He said it dismounted and followed it to the loch, but only saw ripples. He produced a sketch of the creature, which was examined by zoologist Maurice Burton, who stated it was consistent with the appearance and behavior of an otter. Regarding the long size of the creature reported by Grant, it has been suggested that this was the faulty observation due to poor light conditions. Paleontologist Darren Nosh was, has suggested that Grant may have seen either an otter or a seal. But are there seals in lakes there? There's, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Even if they are, they're great food for Nessie. <laughs> <laughs> On May, 1930, on May 29, 1938, South African tourist G.E. Taylor filmed something in the loch for three minutes on 16mm color film. The film was obtained by Popular Science with Maurice Burton, who did not show other researchers. A single frame, this guy keeps coming up, Maurice Burton. A single frame was published in the 1961 book, The Elusive Monster. His analysis concluded it was a floating object. This guy is determined to disprove this monster. Yeah. I think the monster is his. You know how. Believe in magic, you muggle. <laughs> I was literally going to say, you remember how Hagrid had air? No, I don't got shit. No, no. Tom Riddle, you don't. He, he, got, he never hurt nobody. Mm -mm. No. <laughs> Nessie is real. I'm going to have to fight this man. Yeah. Maurice Burton. He's... I have to track him down. 
Yeah, pretty sure he did. Just knock on his door. Oh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. On August 15th, 1938, William Fraser, Chief Constable, he's a constable, of Inverness Shire wrote a letter that the monster existed beyond doubt and expressed concern about a hunting party which had arrived with custom-made harpoon gun determined to catch the monster dead or alive. He believed his power to protect the monster from the hunters was very doubtful. The letter was released by the National Archives of Scotland on April 27, 2010. In December 1954, sonar readings were taken by the fishing boat Rival 3. Its crew noted a large object keeping pace with the vessel at a depth of 479 feet or 146 meters for everyone that's not American and actually caught up with the rest of the world. (laughs) It was detected for 800 meters or 2,600 feet before contact was lost and regained. Previous sonar attempts were inconclusive or negative. Peter McNabb at Urquan Castle. Ooh, I just butchered that name. I'm so sorry. On July 29th, 1955, took a photograph that depicted two large black humps in the water. The photograph was not made public until it appeared. Why was it not made public? What are you hiding? Until it appeared in Constant White's 1957 book on the subject. On October 23rd, 1958, it was published by the Weekly Scotsman. Author Ronald Binns wrote that the phenomenon which McNabb photographed could be easily a wave effect resulting from three trawlers traveling closely together up on the loch. Often researchers consider the photograph a hoax. Roy Mackle requested to use the photograph in his 1976 book. He received the original negative from McNabb, but discovered it differed from the photograph that appeared in the book. Hmm. The three at the bottom left and white was missing from the negative. It is suspected that the photograph was doctored by a re-photographing attorney. The Loch Ness Muppet. On May 21st, 1977, Anthony Doc Shields, camping next to Urquhart Castle, took some of the clearest pictures of the monster until this day. Shields, a mag a magician, a magician, a magician and <laughs> no more shots for me. <laughs> and psychic. So he's psychic, claimed to have summoned the animal out of the water. He later described it as an elephant squid. Oh my God. Claiming the long neck shown in the photograph is actually the squid's trunk. Neat. And the <laughs> neat. The base of the neck is its eye. Due to the lack of ripples, it has been declared a hoax. Oh, you couldn't remember the ripples, Doc? By an people and received this name because of its staged look. Come on. Okay. Well, there were ripples because he summoned it out of the water and put it back. God. He's a magician. Yeah. Yeah. He Here's- can just summon an elephant by brain. Here we go. We're getting into some, so some like recent stuff. Okay. Okay. On August 24th, 2011, Loch Ness boat captain Marcus Atkinson photographed a sonar image of a one and a half meter wide or 4.9 feet wide unidentified object which seemed to follow his boat for two minutes at a depth of 23 meters or 75 feet and ruled out the possibility of a small fish or seal. In April 2012, a scientist from the National Oceanography Center said that the image is a bloom of algae. Mm-hmm. I have to know. Is it? Never mind. I'm not going to say that because then I'm going to sound stupid and I didn't do research on this and then somebody's going to be like... Mm. He's like the most idiotic host. <laughs> I'll ask you in private. This is all based on our opinions and quick research. We haven't really delved into any of this. Do I think the Loch Ness, Mo- Loch Ness monster is real? Probably not. Was it maybe real in the 30s? Maybe. Is it dead now? Probably. That's how I feel too. I feel that at one point, Nessie was probably a real thing and has probably since died. Because we, I mean, all, yeah, all these fucking people, they just want to go fucking kill it to see if it was real. How shitty is that? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Makes me think of Jurassic Park The Lost World, where one of the characters actually makes that comment of the dinosaurs exist for the first time in millions of years, and your first thought is to kill it. Like, that, seriously, you actually think that Nessie might be down there, and your thought is to kill it and bring it up to see? Hunting oh. party. <laughs> God. Yeah. I mean, if it was real, 
of especially at this time frame it's kind of like when it makes me think of king kong when they were like kill it <laughs> you know mm-hmm, exactly dinosaurs on the island you know i mean we don't deserve to have anything cool like this no so on april 19th 2014 it was reported that a satellite image on apple maps showed what appeared to be a large creature thought by some to be the loch ness monster just i remember that one yeah Mm -hmm. yeah at the locks far north the image appeared for about 30 meters or 98 feet long possible explanations were the wake of a boat with the boat itself lost in the image stitching or low contrast Hmm, maybe not yeah okay here's once again, this is just my opinion. I haven't done super research on it. I don't know how many people are actually at Loch Ness. But the pictures that I've seen when I've seen documentaries of this, it's very, very sparse. How, and it is up at like one of the high tips of Scotland. Like You have to make a trek to get there. So how many people, how many boats and wakes do you think that there actually are out there? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you do live up there, there's probably not much else to do other than boat, but I don't know. Just fair. Yeah, I don't know. There's a movie. I don't remember. I never saw it, but there's a movie, and I it's locked away. I only saw, like, the trailer for it on a VHS way back in the day about some sea creature wanting Oreos from a kid in the 90s. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, in the 2000s, I know there's Water Horse. Yeah. I don't remember if there's Oreos, but I could definitely picture that happening. It's basically like an E.T. of Nessie. Maybe that's what it is. There's, like, I literally remember watching a movie when I was a kid, and then, like, this kid would put, like, Oreos on a dock, and then this thing from the water would come and eat it, and then he would, like, make friends with it. Uh, did he do you remember if he took it oh i guess you said you just saw the trailer but in water horse magic in the water it was called magic in the oh water. okay it's from 1995 and cool. then now i remember magic in the water <laughs> okay <laughs> moving on okay i'm going to butcher this name and i'm so sorry so sorry uh, okay uh, i think jeez According to medieval medieval bestiaries, the I'm not going to say the name again, is a fabled sea creature, variously described as a large whale or a vast sea turtle, and a giant sea monster with huge spines on the ridge of its back. No matter what form it is, it is always described as being huge, where it is often mistaken for an island and appears to be rocky with crevices and valleys with trees and greenery and having sand dunes all over it. It rises to the surface from the depths of the sea and entices unwitting sailors with its island appearance to make landfall on its huge shell, and then the whale is able to pull them under the ocean, ship, and all the people, drowning them. It also emits a sweet smell that lures fish into its trap, where it then devours them. The Christians then turned this into the story of Jonah and the whale. You mean they turned something into something it wasn't to put it in the Bible? No way. That from the Bible isn't necessarily directly from God's mouth. And that Jesus isn't white. Alright, so next one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. But that's like prominent right now and like people Well, I mean, we always seem to end up talking about religion, but I totally agree with you. The things that we have in the Bible are not things this is going to be horrible. <laughs> People are going to come at me. Okay. Are not things that Christ or God probably said. Think of how old that book is and how many times people have redone it. Okay, literally, I have been so into this stuff lately. I have... Oh. <clears throat> okay, oh, I'm sorry. I did... I've done two shots now, and I'm in, <laughs> I'm in deep, man. I've done so much research on religion recently. Like, I have had nothing better... I have been so... I've been fighting with family, really religious family, like a Bible Belt family, okay? And they think that the NIV and King James Version Bibles are the only Bibles to have ever existed, right? And that it hasn't been translated a bajillion fucking times. Did you know? Did y'all fucking know? And you can unfollow me right the fuck now. I'm sorry, Kristen. You're you're co-signing me right now. (laughs) Gay people 
are okay. Because in the original transcript of the Bible, I did my research. You can back me up. You can look it up. If you're looking up in the right places, actually. When it says man shall not lie with man the way he lies with a woman, do you know what that actually said? I'm ready. Children. It says pedophilia is not okay. It says nothing about being gay. Okay, I'm done. Well, see, now we've already started. I I remember I was in Catholic school for my freshman year. And I remember in Catholic school, you have a religion class. And in one of my first or second days of my basically first religion class, because I've always been Catholic, but I've always gone to public schools. Yeah. So basically my first one or two religion classes, I remember a specific scripture that she read to us that basically, God, this is going to like sound real deep for a second, but this is basically what stopped me from believing entirely in Christianity and Catholicism. And there is a script in this book that says that basically men and women will go to hell if they have sex while a woman's on her period. Now, is it gross? It's gross. I I wouldn't do it. If you want to, whatever. But you're going to go to fucking hell for that shit? It is a natural process of a female's body. It's not something I can stop, but I'm still going to go to hell for that? Because my husband raped me back then? That's bullshit. I know this is kind of weird, but like, and what if you didn't know? Like, what if you just happened to start your period? Or exactly right in the middle. I'm not here to kink shame anybody either. Like, exactly. Whatever you want to like. Okay, sea monsters. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, like, the Bible is not what you think it is, and people have gotten it and changed things to be what they wanted it to be because they were men. Men are flawed and selfish. Going all the way back, God is Zeus. Like, that is the thing. Before Zeus, before the Greeks, we had Zoroastrianism, and that was our first religion with one single god. We have Egypt with with one. We have Ra at one point. One god. Like, it it didn't come from Christianity. Do you know how, how old these other religions were that they had to take and piecemeal to make sure people could cross over easily? No. Correct. Right. <laughs> if you want to unfollow us, bye. If I get a one star, God, you know what's so frustrating? We are we're all we're five stars on Apple. Thank you guys so much. Oh my god. But if I get yeah. a one star because somebody disagrees with us, I can't reply to that. Like on Google Business or whatever, you can reply. They don't let us on Apple because I would rip somebody. It's so, anyways. But also, thank you guys for the five stars because yeah, we have I'm never sure. and we will never beg you for those reviews. So thank you. Correct. Yeah. You're super cool. We love that. <laughs> and we hope that, like, we, this is just our opinions. Like, if you feel free, like, we're always up for talking about it. This is just, Kristen and I just happen to have had a lot of really deep conversations about this. And we don't always agree either. But yeah. the thing is, we've had a lot of opportunity to have these discussions behind closed doors. And that's why we, already know kind of how we feel so i love debating religion we are gonna have a discord on patreon if anybody wants to debate religion with me there i am on let's do it Kristen sounds fun to me bring it not in a bad way just in an actual debate way not a yelling just a talking yeah the only things that i really can't debate with people that i will literally like be like no i'm not gonna fucking debate this with you are things like race like racism i'm not mm-hmm. about that shit no you can well i'm not qualified i'm a little white girl from ireland like i'm not qualified to do that well i'm just saying like if you're being like racist like there's no point in fucking like i will yeah i'm gonna be the best ally that i can be for black the black community and the and people of color and the indigenous people and things like that like, but so I will fight your battle. Like, I will do everything I can because it is not Black people's job to, like, if they are gonna fight that fight, they. I know that that is exhausting. So as a white ally, I will pick up where I need to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah. man, like, if you're like a family member or a friend that's over here spouting bullshit, like, I'm gonna, like, that's when I'll get real heated. You know? But if it's just differing opinions, like you are christian and i am not or whatever that stuff like we can talk about that but when you are saying shit like you don't believe 
we don't we don't do racism up in here baby oh, damn. exactly i'll shut that you get kicked out of my discord so fast sorry but seriously <laughs> like bye you're out the exorcist just don't play with that bullshit baby <laughs> i'll send you four pages of why you're wrong and kick you right the fuck out anyways do you have right, back, back back to, to sea monsters yeah <laughs> All right. I the knit. Not take I'm sorry, shots. What? No, I should just not take shots. <laughs> or maybe I should. I don't know. I think it's entertaining. <laughs> All right. The Ninjen. In Japanese folklore, the Ninjen is an aquatic humanoid creature reported to inhabit the sub Antarctic oceans. The legend surrounding the Ninjen began to began on a forum post on the Japanese online forum website 2Channel, which claims that the members of a whale research ship witnessed the creature as it surfaced near their ship off the Antarctic coast. Since then, there have been numerous sightings of the Ninjen with supposed photographs which haven't been confirmed to be true. The Ninjen is described as a whale-like creature but has anatomical similarities to humans. The creature has a face and in some stories it is said to have extremely large limbs and or arms slash hands about 20 to 30 meters long. The pigmentation of the creature is said to be pale white. So it's like a ghost. Ooh. Spoopy. Also, more political stuff. Did you know that we're <laughs> fighting with other countries right now to buy pieces of Antarctica so that we have somewhere to go because of global warming? So instead of dealing with global warming, we're just buying pieces of land that are eventually going to be there someday. Well, that's what Fuck we do. old white men. True. Sorry. The root of all fucking evil. Old white men. Right. Okay, so my next one is real. Okay. It was real. It's not anymore. And I did this it's one because talking about sea monsters, there are things that are sea monsters. Get it? Okay. The Which Megalodon. Megalodon! Megalodon. Okay. I was so excited for that fucking movie and then it bombed. I haven't You seen barely it. get to see the Megalodon. I haven't played. They probably didn't have the budget for a Megalodon. <laughs> then don't title your movie The Meg. <laughs> well, time for to do it again. <laughs> I was so mad. Okay, but yeah, we're talking about real things. Sorry, yeah. sorry. So the Megalodon was real. And Megalodon, meaning big tooth, is an extinct species of shark that lived approximately 23 to 3.6 to 3.6 million years ago. Scientists differ on whether it would have been more closely resembled a stockier version of the great white shark, the basking shark, or the sand tiger shark. So obviously movies and things are going to resemble it to the great white because that's yeah, the icon. That's the biggest scary monster. Right. That may not necessarily be accurate, but you know. Most estimates of megalodon size extrapolate from teeth with maximum length. Maximum length with maximum length estimates up to 59 feet and average length up to 34 feet. Estimates suggest their large jaws could exert a bite force up to 100, 110,000 to 180,000 newtons, which is, I don't know even what this means, 25,000 to 40,000 LBS. I don't know what that means. Some pounds? Well, it's a Is that pounds? Doesn't say it, LBS. Does, it sounds what? It says LBS, not LBS. Oh. I don't know what that means. It doesn't matter. Maybe it's a typo, but I don't know. Their teeth were thick and robust, built for grabbing prey and breaking through bones easily. It probably targeted large prey such as whales, seals, and sea turtles. Okay, really quick. Yeah. I love watching the Walking With series. It was something that I grew up on, like Walking With Dinosaurs, Walking With Prehistoric Beasts, stuff like that. It's just, I'm a nerd. They have one where a megalodon comes up and takes a dinosaur off the fucking shore. That right there is why I'm afraid of the ocean. <laughs> there are big things down there that you don't even know until it's eating you. I mean, there very well could be prehistoric shit down there. Right. That never died. We don't know. Ugh. Maybe there's a blind megalodon like in 47 meters down <laughs> the page. Exactly. Juveniles inhabited the warm coastal waters and fed on fish and small whales. Unlike the Great White, which attacks prey from a soft underside, Megalodon probably used its strong jaws to break through the chest cavity and puncture the heart and lungs Jesus of Jesus Christ! Yeah, I added that God there. damn! <laughs> that is brutal, dude. Jesus, was... yeah, that's brutal. Ugh. It's not mm -hmm. just like, I'm gonna go for the softy soft. 
it's like I'm gonna rip through your fucking ribs. I'm gonna rip your fucking heart out. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Gordon Hubble from Gainesville, Florida, possesses an upper anterior megalodon tooth whose maximum height is 8.4 centimeters or 7.25 inches. Oh, fucking cool. Yeah. Would kill to have one of those. One of the largest known tooth specimens from the shark. In addition, a 2.7 by 3.4 meter or 9 by 11 foot known megalodon jaw reconstruction developed by fossil hunter Vito Bertucci contains a tooth, contains a real tooth, whose maximum height is reportedly over 7 inches. The first attempt to reconstruct the jaw of megalodon was made by Bashford Dean in 1909 displayed at the American Museum of Natural History. From the dimensions of this jaw reconstruction, it was a hypothesized that Megalodon could have approached 30 meters or 98 feet in length. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Dean has overestimated the size of the cartilage on both jaws, causing it to be too tall, but 98 feet. Just imagine, like, 98 feet. Jack no, I'm sitting here thinking of the seven inch fucking tooth. like. You're I like, can generally guess how big six inches is, okay? So let's just add, like, that's, Jesus Christ. I mean, look at no. your forearm. Exactly, exactly. That's what I'm like, that's basically like a foot, right? Yeah. So, oh my god, no. Mm -mm. Nope. That's why I don't go in the ocean. <laughs> I mean, it existed at some point in time. Yeah. So. And it wasn't the only one. There were plenty of huge, I'm... There were huge freaking scorpions that lived under the ocean. I hate scorpions. Yeah. I love tarantulas, but that's what kind of where I draw the line on my invertebrates, fucking scorpions. <laughs> yeah. I also have a Japanese one, which is interesting, because when you said that you had a Japanese one, I was like, oh no, I think we got the same <laughs> one, but we didn't. Good. The umibozu is a sea-dwelling yokai from Japanese folklore. Its name is derived from the characters for sea and Buddhist monk, which also alludes to the spirit's possible origins. Supposedly, these are vengeful spirits of priests who drowned at sea. Their appearance is that of a giant human head with a shaved scalp and perpetual smile. So that, okay, first of all, that's really creepy. This thing just constantly smiling, like you can't yeah. and just like fucking have this creepy ass smile. If you actually look it up, it is actually pretty creepy. They have also been described as having a cloudy or mist-shrouded bodies with serpentine limbs. So, Ew. Yeah. According to legends, they capsize ships and drown seamen who insult or disrespect them. According to one story, if angered, they ask that the crews provide a barrel and that it proceeds to be filled with seawater to drown them. To avoid this disastrous fate, it is necessary to give them a bottomless barrel. The Japanese are so creative. They're like, okay... But if it's bottomless, nobody drowns. Yeah. It doesn't fill with water. But at the same time, if you're done. I'm done. Okay. Japanese people have, like, the craziest imaginations, especially when it comes to sea life. And then when you look at the things that are actually over there in their waters, you understand why. Uh -huh. Have you ever looked at, I'm pretty sure it's a golem shark? No, but I'm looking now. One moment. Golem shark. Not... Um, interesting. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Now, those things actually exist over there. The, the, I'm sure you guys have seen at least pictures of the sharks where it looks like it has a saw blade on its nose. Mm -hmm. Those are over in their waters. So no wonder we come up with all these tentacle stories and weird sea monsters over in Asia because they got some weird stuff in those waters. I couldn't imagine, yeah, growing up and seeing that shouldn't be like anything can be in there. Anything. No Especially the Marianas Trench is over there. Literally, who knows? We we don't even know what's on the bottom. Yeah. I don't know where oarfish come from. Oh, they're never mind. They're in Easter Atlantic and Mediterranean. I was like, those motherfuckers are weird too. Hmm. But those are Mediterranean. Okay. Doesn't matter, I guess. Those are weird too. So I literally have no way to no no idea how to say this one because it's okay. like Scottish Gaelic. No idea. Yes. Herring crowing. Herring crowing. Roughly translates to seven herrings. I have no idea. Okay. It was a large sea monster in Scottish Gaelic folklore. An old saying claims it was so large that it fed on seven whales at once. 
local folklore say this huge animal can disguise itself as small silver fish. That's why it translates to seven herrings, because that's all it would look like when it was swimming. When, so when fishermen come in contact with it, they don't, they're none the wiser. Other accounts state the reason for the disguise was to attract its next meal, and then when the fishermen would catch it in its small nets, in its little you know, fish form, once aboard, it would change into the monster and completely devour the ship and everything on board. Damn. Yeah. So it's a short one, but obviously when you are... I mean, how scary to be like a fisherman out on sea anyways and then just constantly be scared of things like the fucking Kraken and like this thing, you know? Yeah. Well, especially Ireland. They're another one of those. Ireland, Scotland area where they had to be at sea for long bouts of time so they definitely they come up with these crazy sea monsters like mermaids are basically around ireland that's mm-hmm. where most of the stories are so yeah that's like campfire stories but at sea yeah exactly or ghost stories and especially when you see where all the little towns of like especially where my family came from if you ever look at a map of Malinhead, ireland it is all by itself the very northern tip and it was just there as a sea community just a fishing community and they are out there all by themselves like i don't know maybe a thousand people ever lived there at the same time ever and i think that was a high estimate so of course they have weird ghost stories and they're the ones that talk about fairies and all these weird things living out there in the middle of nowhere no idea what's going on Okay, my next two go together, so I'm just gonna finish them off. So, my first one, sirens. To the Greeks, sirens were dangerous creatures who lured nearby sailors with their enchanting music and singing voices to shipwreck on the rocky coast of their island. Plato said there were three kinds of sirens, the celestial, the generative, and the perfunctory slash cathartic. The first were under the government of Zeus, the second under that of Poseidon, and the third of Hades. When the soul is in heaven, the sirens seek by harmonic motion to unite to unite it to the divine life of the celestial host, and when in Hades, to conform the soul to eternal infernal regimen. So they're basically angels and demons, which I thought was pretty cool. I never knew that. And they're all governed by different, like, people. That's yeah, they're angels and demons based on where they need to be. Yeah. Hmm. The term siren song refers to an appeal that is hard to resist, but that if heeded will lead to a bad conclusion. Later writers have implied that the sirens were cannibals, based on Circe's description of them lolling there in their meadow, round them heaps of corpses rotting away, rags of skin shriveling on their bones. Sirens were believed to look like a combination of women and birds in various different forms. In early Greek art, sirens were represented as birds with large women's heads, bird feathers, and scaly feet. Later, they were represented as female figures with the legs of birds, with or without wings, playing a variety of musical instruments, especially harps and lyres. In the 7th century, sirens were said to be women from their heads to their navels in fish tails instead of legs. By the Middle Ages, the siren had transformed into the endearing mermaid figure. Mermaids. Sorry. <laughs> in folklore, a mermaid is an aquatic creature with the head and upper body of a female human and the tail of a fish. Mermaids appear in the folklore of many cultures worldwide, including the Near East, Europe, Asia, and Africa. And I've said in the past when we talk about aliens, that's my number one, and honestly about Bigfoot. If so many different cultures across the world, which aren't even talking to each other at this time, are coming up with the same myth, what is going on? They're real. <laughs> right? In ancient Assyria, the goddess Atar Gaddis transformed herself into a mermaid out of shame for accidentally killing her human lover. Mermaids are sometimes associated with perilous events such as floods, storms, shipwrecks, and drownings. In other folk traditions, or sometimes even in the same tradition, they can be benevolent or beneficent, bestowing boons or falling in love with humans. The Assyrian queen Semiramis, which I thought you'd be excited because they actually talk about her in Dante's Inferno, the video game. Oh, I do. I do love that video game. (laughs) The Assyrian queen Semiramis loved a mortal and unintentionally killed him. Ashamed, she jumped into a lake and took the form of a fish. 
but the waters would not conceal her divine beauty. Therefore, she took the form of a mermaid. Human above the waist, fish below. Although the earliest representations of Ataragatis showed her as a fish with a human head and arm, similar to the Babylonian god A. In Japan, the Ningyo is a human female head resting on a fish-like body, which is real creepy. It had a pair of golden horns, a red belly, three eyes on each side of its torso, and a carp-like tail. A mermaid measuring 35 feet required 450 rifles to take down and was captured in what is now the Toyama Bay at one point. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And this one is just Africa. It does have some different countries in here, so I just grouped them in this area. So, Africa. Mammy Water, Mother of the Water is literally what that means, are water spirits venerated in West, Central, and Southern Africa, and in the African diaspora in the Caribbean and parts of North and South America. They are usually female, but are sometimes male. They are regarded as diabolical beings and are often femme fatale, luring men to their deaths. In Zimbabwe, mermaids are known as ninjuzu, I think? They are believed to be solitary and occupy one body of water. Individuals may be benevolent or malicious. Angry ones may be blamed for unexpected misfortunes such as bad weather or the sudden disappearance of people. Benevolent ones are thought to reside in peaceful lakes or rivers. If a person goes missing near such lakes or rivers, he or she may have been taken by the ninjuzu. To obtain the person's release, local elders will brew beer as an offering and ask the ninjuzu to return the person alive. Those seeking the person's release are not supposed to cry or shed tears. If the ninjuzu releases the person, he or she will become or be regarded as a nayaga, or traditional healer, with knowledge of herbs, medicinal plants, and cures. So they're like a shaman. Interesting. That is interesting. Do you think that they want to uh, become that? Or are they just like, shit, I gotta learn about herbs and stuff. (laughs) Right? They're like, this is the only way out. The only way to survive. So here are some sightings. Obviously, there are more sightings than there's four listed here. There are way more sightings of mermaids than that. But these are pretty interesting. So in 1493, sailing off the coast of Hispaniola, Christopher Columbus spotted three sirens or mermaids, which he said were not as beautiful as they are represented due to some masculine features in their faces, but these are considered to be sightings of manatees. During Henry Hudson's second voyage on June 15, 1608, members of his crew reported sighting a mermaid in the Arctic Ocean, either in the Norwegian or Barents Seas. These sightings were often recounted and shared by sailors and pirates who believed that mermaids brought bad luck and would bewitch them into giving up their gold and dragging them to the bottom of the sea. Two sightings were reported in Canada near Vancouver and Victoria, one from sometime between 1870 and 1890, the other from 1967. A Pennsylvania fisherman reported five sightings of a mermaid in the Susquehanna River near Marietta in June 1881. In August 2009, after dozens of people reported seeing a mermaid leaping out of the Haifa Bay waters and doing aerial tricks, the Israeli coastal town of Kiryat Yam offered a $1 million award for proof of its existence. In February 2012, work on two reservoirs near Gokwe and Muter in Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe keeps coming up, so I don't know, maybe we need to visit and go see mermaids mermaid not because i wouldn't hunt a mermaid but like you know like go see just go see them yeah exactly in zimbabwe stopped when workers refused to continue stating that mermaids had hounded them away from the sites it was reported by samuel sepepa nikomo the water resources minister so actually someone fairly high up said that there were mermaids there that's awesome that's like the coolest sea monster because like at least you, you're not, like, scared right before, you know, or yeah. like in most cases. Yeah, I hate how everything nowadays with little girls is all unicorns and mermaids, and they're so cute and sweet and happy, and I'm like, no, they are evil. I am a horror bitch. I know the roots. <laughs> they are not good. They're going to get you. <laughs> exactly. Parents, siren songs. Yeah. Come on. Well, it's like the fact that it's siren and mermaid now, we've just lost the connection. But how do you not realize that a mermaid was a siren? How do you not put that together? I don't know. I don't get it. Well, because of the little mermaid. 
what she sang, didn't she? Fuck. <laughs> God. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> there is a horror movie on Shudder right now that I am dying to watch, and it is about a mermaid. And I'm like, oh my God, about time. I want a unicorn one. Well, they had both of them in Cabin in the Woods. I know. That's why I want a unicorn one. I was so proud of Joss Whedon for showing that unicorns are bad motherfuckers. They're going to fuck you up. They're going to kill you. They're not all pretty and sweet. Yeah. So my last one, we're ending on a funny note. I saw this one and I, there's a reason I put it on here, but also it's really funny. It's like not, not, but it's really funny. The St. Augustine Monster is the name given to a large carcass originally postulated to be the remains of a giant octopus that washed ashore on the United States coast near St. Augustine, Florida in 1896. It is sometimes referred to as the Florida Monster or the St. Augustine Giant Octopus and is one of the earliest recorded examples of a globster. (laughs) The species of the carcass supposedly represented has been assigned the binomial name Octopus Giganteus. Okay. So... You're bopping around in 1896, right? Uh-huh. And you're in Florida. A giant fucking octopus washes ashore. Is that not the most terrifying goddamn thing you've ever seen in your fucking life? Like, seriously. No, definitely is. Okay. Here's why this is so funny. A 1995 analysis concluded that the St. Augustine monster was a large mass of collagen matrix of whale blubber like we seen. So it wasn't, it wasn't even. Nope. Okay. Okay. The reason, but the reason I put it on here is because we had so little knowledge and technology at this point and anything washing ashore that is unidentified is so scary. It's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I thought it was funny because it wasn't even like any of that. But they thought, like, they're like, oh, my God, it's a giant fucking sea monster. Oh, my God, it's a giant fucking octopus. And then they're like, no, actually, it's just fucking blubber that kind of looks like an octopus a little bit. But, I mean, seriously, like, imagine being the first of anything to discover anything from the ocean. At the size that everything is in the ocean. The first person to see a humpback whale jump out of the ocean. The first person to see a shark. The first person to see even an octopus at a normal fucking size. The things that these look, the, they, just the way they look. A fucking yeah. That motherfucker looks horrific. You know what I'm saying? Well, even, I, he's a son of a bitch, but even Christopher Columbus with seeing the manatees and thinking that they're mermaids. They don't have manatees in Europe. So, of course, what the fuck are you going to think it is? <laughs> but yeah but yeah you're right like jesus like just all of these things like are so terrifying that's why i I saw that one when the saint augustine monster came up i was like what is that and i was reading it and i was like oh that's funny but like imagine seeing it you know what i'm saying like that's Mm -hmm. really scary or a jellyfish getting stung by a fucking jellyfish for the first time you don't know what the fuck that is you you might think you're dead and you're gonna die you know well yeah i know that on passing ships way back when they used to think dolphins were you know uh deceased loved ones trying to communicate with them oh that's so sad yeah now you took it a tried to take it a funny way i'm gonna take it a real even sadder way of thinking about it now now every single time something washes on shore even if we know what the fuck it is we're like oh shit our world's dying so that's cool that's fun that's true yeah just as scary now just in different ways well if people actually think about it that way and don't bury their heads in the sand oh no they do that mm-hmm. when they do i was i saw this meme it was it's not funny like it's funny but it's not funny okay i gotta find it because i have to say it the right way but it won't take me long to find it because i know exactly like where to find it but I saw this meme and it was about like what's going on with like coronavirus and everything and you know that whole shit show. Mm, that whole shit show, that yeah. thing that's going on. PSA, if you're worried about CO2 accumulation from masks, our climate crisis is going to blow your fucking mind. <laughs> right? Like, Wait, is that thing is that a thing people are actually bitching about because I'm going to smack someone if they are. Yeah. I mean Oh my god. 
people that don't understand things yeah and people are like my oxygenation and i'm like i gotta wear a surgical mask for nine hours a day you're fine bitch you ain't losing nothing it's fine i don't want to hear it i mean i get it's uncomfortable but get over it yeah like at work when this lady was like the fascists here are making you wear a mask to her kid and i was like bitch you can leave like you ain't got to be here you're a straight up fascist now me updating my resume Roman <laughs> a fascist regime because <laughs> you want to wear a mask fascist in the blondie <laughs> in the blondie <laughs> we're changing the name we're no longer the exorcisters yeah god just so well monsters i don't have <laughs> we are have anything monsters. else we are the sea monsters we're destroying it so you know get it true man why we're not a political podcast but we have some fucking opinions man we do i'm sorry you guys i mean we don't a- try to it just comes around to that look i gotta wear a mask all day and then these motherfuckers trying to come into the establishment be like, you gotta wear a mask because we're a medical facility, and they're like, Mary, you're a fucking fascist. It's like, <laughs> goddamn cloth over your face for 45 minutes, bitch. Like, come on. God. Exactly. Or the 90 year olds coming in, okay, I'm just trying to save your life, dude. All right. No joke, dude. Like, God, literally, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm, you know, this pandemic shit only happens. Like, I know swine flu just happened in, like, 2009, but even, it even wasn't to this proportion. Yeah. Like, once every, like, 100 years. You can take a year off and just be, like, inconvenienced for a year. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I haven't seen you in months. <laughs> <laughs> the last episode we recorded together was in March. March. God. What? Jesus, was it? Yes, we God. sat at the kitchen table and it was the first time we did the audible thing. Oh, it was a quiet place. It was a quiet place. And then we never saw a movie together again. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. So sad. I know. I know. We're just trying to drink my water and I can't because I'm sad. <laughs> well, well, thanks, you guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. On a happier note. I got nothing. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for our outro. Yeah. Well, you can find us on all of our social medias. (laughs) Facebook and Instagram are the Extra Sisters podcast. And Twitter is at the Extra Sisters. And hey, if you want to come hang out with us on Patreon, that's always fun. That's always happy. We don't do bad shit. That's that's funsies. We do the dollar movies over there. Those are always a good time because we find the weirdest fucking shit. One time before lockdown, we went to Entertain Mart or Movie Trading Company, depending on what region you're in, and we just dug through and found 99 cent horror movies and we bought a shit ton of them. And so we review those over there. It's a fucking blast. It's so funny. We just did Sharknado. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We got some we got some good shit over there. So if you want to hit up our little Patreon family, it's patreon.com slash the extra sisters podcast. So shout out to the patrons. Y'all are awesome. And that's all I got. Honestly, sorry if this got too political for anybody, but we are drinking. It is a haunted happy hour. Shit comes up. Cheers to Until that. Until next time. Stay creepy. <laughs> <laughs>